Hey, Jim. Hey, Michael. Do you know a movie you got to see? Know what? Stand by me. Are you ready? I brought the comb. There are movies that you can see, and then there are movies that you gotta see. Pop up popcorn and grab your favorite snack, and join Jim, a former Hollywood visual effects artist, and Michael, just a dude who likes movies, as they sit back and talk about a movie that you gotta see, as well as look at the deeper themes that make these stories more than just a movie. Welcome to You Gotta See This Movie. All right, Jim, how you doing, man? I'm doing great. Doing good? Yeah, how are you? Doing, can't complain. Yeah. Yeah, yeah what are you watching lately? You know what's funny? Um, Cl- watched, clowns are funny. Clowns are funny. Yeah. But I, me and the wife, I say it's funny because it's like a movie that comes out of left field, but it was really popular. But me and my wife, we just got done watching Robin Hood, Prince of Thieves. Robin Hood, Prince yeah, of Thieves. Yeah, you remember that? Kevin Costner. Kevin Costner. Yeah. The, uh, you know, the non- English accent Robin Hood. That's right. He didn't do an accent for the no, movie, did he? No. Because he couldn't, right? Because he couldn't. Yeah. Apparently he tried, but the director was like, no, this is, it's too ridiculous. So uh, just just stop. <laughs> just be normal Kevin don't Costner. Do it. Just don't do yeah. it. Yeah. But the other actors had the British accent. Mm-hmm. I don't remember the movie like yeah. at all. It, you know, it was, as a kid, I remember like really loving it. And I still like it, but I'll tell you what. Alan Rickman as a sheriff of Nottingham, he he makes that film. Oh. Like he is such a he's such an evil bad guy, but yeah. at the same time very funny and very like likable, I guess. I don't know. But well it's, it's Alan Rickman. Yeah. Alan okay, Rickman. well speaking of Alan Rickman, I just watched uh, Galaxy Quest. Oh wow. Oh, interesting. Alan Rickman. We had an Alan Rickman marathon. We didn't even know it. We didn't even know it. Yeah. Which is obviously a great movie. Yes. And I've said it before and I'll say it again. I think Galaxy Quest is, I'm going to say it, a perfect movie. That That's a bold statement. It is a bold statement, yeah. but oh, yeah. Yeah. I, I like I like Galaxy Quest. I don't know if I'd say it's a perfect movie, but um, I agree with you. It, and even Alan Rickman in that movie kills it. Oh, yeah, that yeah, character. yeah, it's great. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Well, we'll have to discuss uh, Galaxy yeah. Quest at another time in depth. In depth. That in would depth. be a good one that we, I think yeah. everyone got to see. Oh, you've got to see Galaxy yeah. Quest. So. Gotta see it. All right. So what is what is the movie we're going to talk about today? What's the movie that we gotta see? The movie we gotta see is Stand By Me. And this was what? Uh 1986, right? Mm-hmm. All right. Stand By Me, 1986. After the death of one of his friends, a writer recounts a childhood journey with his friends to find the body of a missing boy. So adventure ensues. So <laughs> yeah, we we have. Well, is it adventure ensues? Well, it's not an adventure movie. It's more of a coming of age movie. Coming of age right. movie. Yeah. So I mean, we gotta say this off the top. I mean, I think so. We've done we've done what comedy, sci fi movies, adventure right. movies so far, but we want to cover the gamut of all film, and so this is a drama. However, when I first saw this movie, I was really young. I was a kid, and for me, this was an adventure movie. Because I, I wasn't looking at it through the lens of an adult. Like, I see this movie very differently now, and we'll, we'll talk about that later. But um, but for me, it was an adventure movie, and it sparked um, just imagination. And, and I can remember as a kid, when we were a bit older, and we did exactly what they did in the movies. They would... You uh, went looking for dead bodies? Well, we didn't go looking oh. for dead bodies, but we were just always, like, breaking into abandoned houses. I'm not going to tell you where I lived, because... You know, maybe they're still looking for money. But there's, we a, there's, break, a, there's a record in there, there right. and you're on their wanted yeah. list. So we would break, like, it'd be our clubhouse for the day. And 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 uh, so we were just always going, we were always looking to go places that we shouldn't belong, or we, you know, we didn't belong to. So I can remember one night um, we did the same thing with the Stand By Me people. We kind of said we're going to spend the night at each other's houses. But really what we're going to do was there was this like this abandoned um, commercial building that was relatively close to where we lived, and we wanted to scope it out. We wanted to go in there, and so in the middle of the night, and I think we actually were camping out in front of my friend's house. So we built had a tent, so all the parents knew we were just outside, and so in the middle of the night, 
We walked as calmly as we could, scared. We go to the building, and it's dark. It's pitch black. And, I mean, we weren't looking for a dead body. Not that we saw one, but we had flashlights, and we're going. It's spooky. Now, how many guys were there? There was four of us. Okay. So just like the stand. Oh, no, I take it back. There were five of us because the little brother came along. Oh, okay. And, um, were you the funny guy of the group? No, no. no. You, had a, was, you had a funny guy, though, right? Of course. Every, yeah, I mean, everybody had a funny guy. Every yeah. group has the funny guy. Well, I who, think I you was the, leader? the more. Were you the leader? I wouldn't say I was the leader, yeah. even though it was my idea to go do this. Oh, okay. But I wouldn't say I was the leader. I was the more like cautiously kid. I wasn't like, hey, you shouldn't be doing this because I was somebody else. But I was like, hey, let's 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 be careful, <laughs> you know. Um, anyway, so I can remember we we went in, we're looking around, we see junk and all that kind of stuff, and then all of a sudden, one of my friends says, "Oh my god!" And then he just books it, and of course. We don't know what he's, you know, what it was, but we book it out of there. I remember the little brother or one of my friends falls and we totally left him. Like we weren't like, <laughs> oh my gosh, you know, and then we're running down the street and uh, turns out, I guess there was like a homeless man that like stood up. <laughs> I didn't see the homeless man, nice. but it freaked my friend out. Oh yeah. And, uh, and so yeah, we ran out of that building so fast and, um, and uh, yeah, we left. And so that was nice. my little like adventure story. That I always like, man, just like stand by me or, you know, wow. we're getting into it. But yeah, I don't think we ever went in any abandoned buildings. We would go, there was a drive in theater that we would goof around in, and like the, the, the metal fence on the mm-hmm. backside was all torn up, and we'd take our bikes, you know, bikes in there. And, and what's cool with the, uh, with the drive in, because it's, every, you know, all the, it's on a, it's on a slope. Yeah. So when you start at the back, it's like a downhill ride to oh, the oh, front. Nice. Yeah. Okay. With all the little, with all like the dips and stuff, you know, dodging the, uh, dodging the speaker poles. Yeah. <laughs> That's cool. Yeah. But yeah, yeah. We did a lot of crazy, just back kid stuff, but we never broke into anything that I remember. But we did have a clubhouse. It was always in the backyard. That wasn't cool. Like, like in a field somewhere away from the house. All our clubhouses were just like in the backyard. Do you think like kids, do that anymore like i don't know like i feel like it was all about the clubhouse right as well i guess kid. it depends on where you live if you're like from, from the midwest or something or like where there's like a lot of because i was a suburban kid there's just mm-hmm. little vacant property anywhere that you can actually do anything yeah so, i mean that was my situation but i would think kids would right so did you have a clubhouse yeah but they were always like in my backyard uh-huh. or like on the side of my house or something but it was never like or my friend's yard. I don't know. Did you have a clubhouse? Same thing. Yeah. It was like in our backyard. Or yeah. like I said, we were, if we were lucky enough to find an abandoned house or they, they were never abandoned. They were just yeah. like in between, you know, <laughs> cellars. Yeah. Um, we'd break in and that'd be our clubhouse for, you know, the week or whatever. Yeah. Um, but yeah, we always had some in the backyard. Yeah. Never a tree house. I never had a tree yeah. house. Well, I did have a tree house when I was a little kid. My dad built us a tree house. That's cool. Yeah. And that was cool. Yeah. Yeah. You would think I, I can remember thinking as a kid, like, oh, if you just have a tree, you could build a tree house into it, but it takes a special type of tree. Yeah, it's gotta hold the weight. It's gotta be able to hold the weight, yeah, right? Yeah. And all that kind of stuff. Yeah. But although I do have a tree house now. Oh. That I built for my kids. It's still in the tree. It's still there. It's still there. Safe? Well, probably not. Probably not. Probably so. not. Yeah. Because so, it, has, it hasn't been occupied in years. <laughs> so if a kid went up, I don't know how well it'll hold together. Yeah. So probably maybe not safe for the future grandchildren. It would definitely have to be rebuilt for any future grandchildren. Yeah. yeah. Well, that'd be, that'd be cool. Yeah. Yeah. But tree houses are cool. Yeah. And the tree house in this movie, mm-hmm. super cool. It was. And that's kind of, it wasn't the opening scene, but it's. It's the scene where we meet all the characters, right? Yeah, it might as well be the opening scene-ish. Because yeah. the opening scene is is our writer. The writer. You know. Reading they, the story about his friend that died. His friend that died, and now he's <laughs> going back in time. <laughs> going back in time. Yeah, yeah. to the treehouse and his buddies. Sitting in, sitting in a van, just having memories. Yeah. Yeah. But, I, yeah, that, that cool scene... It, it's, I mean, it is a cool scene because yeah, they're in this tree house. You could tell like they're like their own little 
gang in a sense, not like a street gang, but like that's like the the gang, the right? The gang, yeah. Yeah, and and um one thing I love about this movie is I feel like all the narration parts like the writer um which is Richard Dreyfus, right. Uh all his lines I thought were just brilliant. Like how he described things or what he was thinking. Um there's well, just a lot. Yeah, of he's a writer. Good, I know, but it's just a lot of good. I mean, we see movies with writers all the time that aren't as great, but there's just a lot of good lines. And when he's going around talking about all his friends, like, um, you know, there's Chris, who was our leader. There's Teddy, who's like the wild card. There's Vern, who's like, I don't know. They, they make him sound like he's like the wuss of the group, but really he's the heart of the group. Oh, yeah. Yeah. And, yeah. Then, and then Gordy, he's the brains. Right. Yeah. But. You're sitting there playing a card game, and well, and Gordy the brains is is the writer. Is the writer? Yes. Yeah. Yeah. As yeah. a kid. Yeah. Do you know what the card game was that they're playing? I know they had to like they, they pound it. Do they pound it? What do they, they knock? Like, knock. knock. Yeah. Yeah. I knock. Yeah. I have no idea. I have no idea either. I've always wondered like what game are they playing? I don't know. Not a common game. It's not like it's Texas, Texas Hold'em. But their whole conversation but, during that whole time is just—it's just full on real, uh-huh. you know, kid preteen, just was perfect. Boys, yeah, boys, you know, the knock, the the secret knock. What was the secret? Yeah, he had to have a secret knock to get in. Mm-hmm. Fern comes in. He's trying to be serious, tell him a story, and they're just messing with <laughs> him. Yeah. All right. Well, go ahead and tell us. And they start singing again. Yeah. <laughs> Which I I know. I've done that. Oh yeah, I've done that to my friends. Yeah. I've done that to my kids. Yeah, and I hate to admit it, but I've done that to my wife too. Oh yeah. So there's just something about that joke of like, no, 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 okay, no, seriously, go ahead, and then just, you just do it again. Them again. Yeah, yeah. It's hilarious. It's perfect. But in that scene, that's where you know when they, Vern finally gets to, you know, say his line. Of, do you want to see a dead body? Yeah. And then instantly, like, all their attention is on him. They're all quiet. You know, Gordy turns down the radio. And they're like, tell us the story. What's going on? What do you mean by that? And then that's your movie, right? That's the hook. You're yep. in, just like they're in. And and what do they think's going to happen if they find the dead body? They're going to be famous. They're going to be famous, yeah. right? Like, they don't even give any thought to... Um, I don't know any legal repercussions or or what, but they're just, you know, we're gonna be famous. We're gonna be on the news. We're gonna, you know, everyone and even they 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 talk about how like they're all, you know the brothers or parents are gonna get mad at them, but it's not gonna matter if they're famous, right? Now were they more more excited that they were gonna be famous or that they just wanted to see the dead body? Because I I don't know. I think if I was a kid, it'd be like. I just want to go on this adventure and see this body. Yeah. You know, what's funny about like kids. Like I can remember being a kid and being interested in seeing like dead animals, like in the oh, street. Yeah. 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 There's just something weird about like, Oh, I want to go see that dead crow. Yeah. <laughs> you know, but I don't know. I don't know if I'd want to see a dead body. I don't I, know. I would be freaked out. Kind of would. <laughs> but With a kid. Yeah, yeah. Cause it's like a total freak out. And that's like, another yeah. thing too, that this is not, this whole like oh they're just not going to see a dead body they know who this person is yeah they knew immediately they knew immediately this is a kid that's been missing since the beginning of summer yeah he's our age yeah we all know the story yeah and uh, they just haven't been able to find him yeah so so okay so then they they come up with a plan to camp out and then they say they're gonna go to the drag races the next day right so they're, they're good for two days. It's a foolproof plan. It's a foolproof plan. Yeah. Yeah. All right. And then they get together and they're ready to head out on their venture. And Chris, oh, Chris, he brings a gun for protection. <laughs> yes. Right. Yeah. So there's a scene where they're where they're behind the diner and he and he pulls out the gun. You yeah. know. And of course Gordy asks, is it loaded? Okay, so do you think he knew it was loaded or it wasn't really loaded? No, I think I think anyone who's not or doesn't really know how a gun works always forgets about the one that's in the chamber. Oh. And so I think Chris completely, I think he took the bullets out, took the clip out, since it's not loaded, or had a clip in it that didn't have a bullet in there, 
and, and didn't check the and chamber. Didn't check the chamber. Okay. There's always that one, right? Okay. Now you're a gun guy. What kind of a gun is it? Uh, that's a 45. It's 45. Yeah. Yeah. You can see that. Yeah. Gordy's like, like he's like, I'm, I, I, know, I know what he got. All right. Yeah. Yeah. Like, of course it's a, a 45. Yeah. 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 But for some um, reason in my mind, like from that time period, it should be like a revolver or something. But it seemed like no, that looks like a standard like World War II, you know, I guess so. Colt 45. Yeah. 1911 what they're called yeah but uh yeah it's a it's a funny scene because i think yeah. their their reaction to like you know oh, it's perfect bullet, it's yeah. just like they yeah. totally freak out they freak out they start running off and then the, and then the diner lady comes out you kids shooting off cherry bombs <laughs> and i love to i love how when they're running chris just starts like oh this is it was gordy Gordy, uh, yeah, and he just calls yeah. out. He just he just rats out his friend. He's like, "Yeah, let's go to the chance." Yeah, and then like Gordy's just running for his life. Like, shut up! Mm-hmm. Again, I feel like that's typical friend stuff. Like, oh know, yeah, 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 yeah. Totally would say see that, say that, and yeah. uh, that's good stuff. And yeah. it just goes with their their relationship. But yeah, no, I I don't think he knew it was loaded. He was told an accent, but you know, it's one of it's one of those things where. Again, when you're with a group of guys, something happens to the other guy, it's funny. Oh, yeah. You know, and so you're going to laugh about it, but it looks like he was guilty. Yeah. But, yeah, and then in that scene, you also meet Ace, right? Hate that guy. Oh, man. God. He's such a good bad guy. He's such a good bad guy. guy. And we And we've all had that guy in mm-hmm. our life just rotten to the core. So yeah, let's let's talk about. It's like, Ace. why don't you just leave you, us alone now? Right. Yeah. You we meet Ace for the first time, and played by Kiefer Sutherland, which is perfect casting. Perfect, yeah. Right. Um, he just has that evil looking face. I'm sure he's a nice guy, but um, he has that evil looking face, and yeah, he plays Ace, the leader of a gang, and you're right. Like, there's that guy, and I feel like everyone knows that guy where it's life would be so much better if that person wasn't around yeah right Mm -hmm. or if that person wasn't influencing us and i think ace plays or Kiefer plays ace perfectly Mm -hmm. like that he's like he's like the evil that's in this in this town yeah or he's even evil amongst his friends too Mm -hmm. like you know like you wouldn't hesitate to kill off one of his old one of his old guys if he had the chance He's just a bad dude. He's just a bad dude. He's a bad dude. Yeah. Yeah. I think he's, yeah, probably would now, we're like reputations, everything for him. Yeah. So I don't think he'd want to kill off his own dude, but like if he no. got pushed to it. No, I, I mean, maybe, would, I mean, maybe I'm pushing it too far. I just know that. No, no, that, that, I, I think he would have. Yeah. Yeah. Cause I think he's the guy that like always has to save face, right? Yeah. Always has to like, like push it to the next level. He's number one. Mm-hmm. He's ace. Yeah. I mean, what he was gonna do? He's gonna burn out Chris's. I think Ace was like that was his that was his like his gang name, right? Because like one guy was Eyeball and the other yeah. guy was, and he's Ace. Not, yeah, not his real name. What's, his, what's his real name? name? I don't know. It's probably like Theodore. Yeah, <laughs> G- Gary. <laughs> Gary. <laughs> yeah. No offense to any Theodores or Garys. Oh no, Gary's a cool name. Yeah. yeah. I just was just thinking like, <laughs> just not. Yeah. Just not Ace level. Yeah. 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 <laughs> so the next scene that I want to talk about is the junkyard scene because I think it's obviously it's very important. There's a lot that happens in this scene, but uh, so they're on their journey. They have to refill their canteens. Is that the reason why they go to the junkyard? That's the reason why they go to the junkyard because it's like, why, why risk it? Because there's that mythical beast chopper who is the dog that, you know, goes after certain body parts but uh, I guess you need water, so you do need water. You could risk it. I always thought that they were going just to pass through the junkyard to yeah. on their journey, but I guess they need to get water. They need to get water because there's a well there, yeah, like one of those old timey wells. That's right. Yeah. Well, they don't have a spigot. No, I guess not. Huh? That's kind of out in the middle of nowhere. They yeah. have like an old cranky crank handle, crank handle. It's not a crank handle. Pump action. Pump action. Pump action well. But it's while they're in the junkyard, or actually before the junkyard, they realize that no one brought food, which is, you know, very kid thing to do. Mm-hmm. You know, they all were so excited about going on this adventure that no one took the time to say, hey, you bring the snacks, you bring the food, you're responsible for this. They just assumed someone else would. So, 
Yeah, that seems odd mm-hmm. to me that nobody brought food. So while they're in the junkyards, when they're deciding who's going to go and get the food, because they only have like, what, like less than $2 between them. Right. So um, they flip the coins and it's odd man out, which is perfect. And I, from this movie, I can remember as our friends, this is how we would decide things. We'd flip coins and whoever's the odd man, then they would in a sense be the loser. Right. So it didn't matter if you got heads or tails, it's just whoever's the odd person. And uh, so then Gordy's the one that has to go buy it. But they flip the coin a couple of times and it all is the same thing. A goocher. A goocher. Whatever that is. Whatever that is, right? I think we we talked about like, I guess it's just a bad omen. Yeah. Yeah. That You get a goocher, something bad's going to happen. Something, something bad's going to happen. Yeah. But it's a weird term. Goocher. I've never heard that term outside of this movie. No. So Gordy then goes. Gets it's lame that he has to go by himself. You think like a couple guys would go, right? At least one of them, right? Yeah, yeah. But no, everyone wants to stay in the the death pit that is the junkyard. The junkyard. Yeah. You know, what I thought was weird is that the junkyard didn't open until three. Yeah, they did say that, didn't they? What kind of a business opens at three in the afternoon? It's a junkyard. Oregon's think, a strange think... place. Oh. So I don't know. They do weird stuff in Oregon. People hunt for parts after three in the afternoon. Get off of work. Yeah, maybe. Wait, what day was it? Saturday? It wasn't Saturday. It was a Friday. Friday afternoon. Oh, so he's probably getting ready for this big Saturday sale. or. Well, that's when you go know. look for car parts on Saturday morning. That's true. That's when I did. There you go. What an awesome VW parts uh, junkyard near my house. Well, that's cool. Yeah. I didn't even know that even existed anymore. And they're gone now. Oh. But that was always weird how they like, did they just pile the cars up and then they just let you walk around them. I always thought they would just fall and like just kill you. You're walking between the cars and they would just because we would climb on them and poke right. through them and 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 they're literally just stacked on one on top of the other. Yeah, yeah. I uh, I had a junkyard. It wasn't even junkyard. It was like where they just. It was a field where they just put abandoned cars. Yeah. A couple of them were stacked up. But yeah, you're right. You just kind of yeah. stand on them and do yeah. all sorts of weird things. And I guess, I don't know. They're so flat that they're not going to fall. I get Well, they don't really do that anymore. I think the last time I went to a pick-apart, all the cars are like, you know, they're all evenly spaced mm-hmm. out. They're kind of separate up on, up on blocks. And they're very, like, organized as to how, how you go and pick the parts. But yeah, no, when I was a kid. Man, they were just piled in there and enter at your own risk. Yeah. Yeah. No dogs though. No dogs. No dogs. No dogs that, that'll that'll chomp your <laughs> chomp your giblets. <laughs> no way. And I I think when, you know, Gordy coming back and seeing the spot where he left his friends. Yeah. And all of a sudden they're gone. Yeah. And him wondering like, I wonder where they went. And then he sees them like Climbing the fence and then like not putting two and two together, like, oh crap. <laughs> the junkyard guy's here with the dog. So finally he hears like the junkyard man talking, Hey, are you a kid? Come here. Yeah. And uh he has to run for his life. And then after he clears the fence, I, there's a cool line that that he wrote he writes there that he says that the chopper was his first his first experience of learning um, what is the difference between myth and real life. Because Chopper was this mythical dog that was so fearsome that when he finally saw Chopper, it was like, oh, he's just a normal dog. Yeah, he's just like this medium-sized yeah. golden retriever. I, mean, I still wouldn't like want to be bitten by him. Oh, but no. Yeah. Yeah. But <laughs> he realized, like, that's Chopper? And then now, instead of being fearful of the dog, they're sitting there making fun of him. Yeah. Even though they're on the other side of the fence. But but I and this is the scene that I think is is important. Um because it's it really tells the story of Teddy and just not even just them, but or not even just that, but also tells the story of their group. And and so Teddy, who is like this military kid, he loves the military, he wants to be in the military, but his dad was abusive. Um burnt off some of his you know ear and uh 
And so the junkyard man starts making fun of the dad. Yeah. He says that your dad's crazy. He's a loony. Loony, 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 loony. 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 Yeah. But yet Teddy still defends his dad. Yeah. And, you know, I mean, look, obviously we, abuse on kids is horrible, but what would you don't hear it in the movie you don't ever say it but what we know now is that obviously the dad who did storm normandy right who did this very heroic act um was probably dealing with ptsd and like you know you go to war and especially that war and that battle you're not going to come back the same yeah and you know teddy had a a respect for his dad i Mm -hmm. think he understood his condition Right. His behavior, you know, he's still his dad, you know, because he even talked about like, like him and his dad would go fishing and. Yeah. He still had good memories about his dad. Yeah. Even though his dad did horrible things to him. Yeah. Which is very interesting. Yeah. Um, Yeah. You know, just going back to that war, like Normandy and how heroic, heroic, like World War II was, um, you know, with, with Teddy and you know, he, his dad was this, you know, hero in his life that, uh, you know, you come to find out like that was like the last war. How, how do I put this? Like there wasn't, it was, you wouldn't see the horrors of war. Right. It wasn't until like, you know, later when Vietnam and like, you know, now you're having the press there and people are seeing things back home. Cause with world war two is all about like, we're fighting for the greater good. We're getting rid of the Nazis. It's, you know, these soldiers are amazing, but you didn't see that. Yeah, I don't. Yeah, Americans didn't get that sense of, of the horror too. I mean, it was a, yeah. it was a war fought. You know, it wasn't on our soil. It was overseas, mm-hmm. and you, you know, they got the reports and and uh, I just think of all the movies that were made. These, you know, yeah, patriotic, right? Amazing, you know, go America, you know, and and. You know, and then the whole, you know, the whole, you know, the U.S. military, and you think of like, you know, for kids too, it's like G.I. Joes and, mm-hmm. and, uh, and other kind of military toys that were just, cause it was like a really cool thing. Right. Yeah. And I think too, like, that plays into the whole idea with Teddy's dy- dynamic, because for him, he can't understand why his hero of a dad is not viewed like that by everybody. Right. Because, you know, now, you know, like I said, now we understand what PTSD does and, you know, how it affects people. But before it was like, oh, yeah, your dad stormed Normandy, but he's crazy. So it's almost like they can separate that craziness um, from what he did. Like they're not like the people don't put that those two things together. Right. Well, didn't the, junk, because, the junkyard guy, he had a, a, a hat on. It looked like it was like like the Navy or something. I didn't for some reason I saw his hat and I kind of assumed that he was probably, he probably served too. So he kind of had, you know, well, well, I mean, a lot of people in that, of that age in that era, you know, Mm -hmm. they went off to war and, but not everyone did Normandy. No, that was the big one. (laughs) Yeah. That was the big one. That was the big one. So I I just think it's such a sad scene, but it's such a beautiful scene too, because his friends come into his defense yeah. and his friends even know like, dude, your dad's a jerk. Your dad has done horrible things to you, but yet they don't, you know, they don't go there with him. They said, look, no, your dad stormed Normandy, your dad, you know, they still defend his dad with him. Yeah. And I just thought like, that's just like a really cool thing. And, um, what I liked about that scene. Yeah. Well, the other part of the, of the junkyard that, that I thought was really good was, you know, when they're all just sitting around talking about, and, and uh, they were saying, you know, these are the best times, or these oh, are real good times. Yes. That's really good because, I mean, that's like, that says a lot because it's that age that you're at where you don't have any, you really don't have a care in the world. Yeah. Everything, everything's an adventure. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, all your needs are cared for, you know, you got your parents mm-hmm. and, you know, you got your, your bedroom and you got food to eat. And so everything else in life is an adventure. School is not stressful at that age. Mm-hmm. You know, they were, you know, elementary school and they were just coming out of elementary school. But yeah, that, that pretty much is like the best of times for, you know, for kids. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. That, they, that just right before that preteen kind of thing where you can. You can still be a kid, mm-hmm. but you kind of have the mature, you know, you have that maturity to, to, to adventure, venture out and kind of do things on your own. 
Yeah. Yeah. That was one of the scenes, you know, when I was saying like the writing for the writer was so good because that, that line was that it says that we knew who we were and we knew where we were going and it was grand. Yeah. It's you all know, figured it out. It wasn't, yeah. it was all figured out and there wasn't much thought to it, even though they forgot the food. Yeah. Right. You know, we, they make it work. Yeah. Yeah. There wasn't no second guessing. There wasn't no anything. We, we knew who we were, we were kids and we, they knew what the mission was. Yeah. Simple, you know, but yeah, you're right. That, that is such a, the best of times. Best of times. Yeah. And it, you know, you, as you get older, you don't have those times ever again. Yeah. So not like it was when you were a kid, at least. Oh, you know, the thing that I want to talk about, here's something I want to talk about. And I want to talk about the soundtrack to this movie. And you're going to say, what soundtrack? Or you would say that, right? Oh, I know that soundtrack. You know the soundtrack? Well, there's all the tell radio- me about tell me about the soundtrack. Well, I mean, there's the there's the constant. Uh, I mean, it was all based off the song "Stand by Me," and so there's a lot of melodies well, you- from the song. But then there's all the radio, the radio songs. Exactly. Yeah, they scored this movie with the pop music of the day. Yeah. I mean, that kind of... And, and uh, remember, American Graffiti did the same thing. Mm-hmm. There really wasn't a soundtrack. Well, there wasn't a soundtrack for that movie. The entire movie was scored with songs of the time period. And they did the same thing for this movie when they, like, jumped into a scene. You know, they'd always, they'd always had the song on the radio, you know, cleverly, you know, worked into the scene. You know, they're traveling down the, the, the train tracks. You know, they're singing Lollipop. Yeah. But, you know, there's like, I think he even had like a list of all the songs and it's, it was enough songs to basically score the movie without really having a score. Right. I mean, they had this Stand By Me theme. The like sort the of, melody. That yeah, the melody, the orchestrated ver- version of it. But that mm-hmm. was just at the beginning and kind of at the end. But throughout the entire film, it's all scored by, you know, rock and roll, you know, music of the day, which I thought was super cool. It was cool. Yeah, super cool. And then I think they, didn't they always kind of tie it to like a DJ talking to? Yeah. So almost like the D, there's like that little, either that intro or outro of a DJ speaking yeah. with a song. And they had the little radio with them, mm-hmm. so it kind of made sense. Yeah. You know, and oh, and you remember where the DJ pops up in the film? Pie eating pie contest. Eating contest. Yeah. yeah. Okay. So the pie eating contest is like an awesome scene, right? And it's <laughs> basically, it's Gordy telling one of his stories that he wrote. Mm hmm. Which was amazing. Now you'd think like if a kid wrote a story, it would be like some crazy adventure or some weird sci-fi thing or whatever. But no, he he writes a story about a pie-eating contest, which is great. Something very simple. It's simple. Yeah. Um, but the creativity that you put into this thing, which basically it's the town, you know, fat kid who is you know everybody hates or mm-hmm. makes fun of, and he seeks his revenge by staging a, a barf o rama. Barfo Rama. Yeah. Awful. Drinking that castor oil. <laughs> yeah. And eating the raw egg. The raw eggs. Now I got to ask. This is our second time talking about raw eggs. Did you try it yet? You know, I almost did, but I still <laughs> haven't yet. Well, in one movie, we talked to Nacho Libre. It gave him eagle powers. In this movie, it makes the guy throw up. So... But see, I wouldn't think a raw egg would make you throw up. I think it was probably the the, the combination of all of it, the oil. Yeah, right? he basically yeah. loaded his stomach with just. It always, I mean, obviously it's a movie, but it always baffles me how much of that oil he was able to put down without gagging. You know, grosses me out. Yeah, it's pretty nasty. But such a great off the wall scene. Okay, for, have you ever done a pie eating contest? No. Okay, because the first thing I have to ask is, how do you know when you're done eating the pie? Well, I've done like the pie eating contest where it really, basically it's just a tin of whipped cream. So I've done that. It's not like yeah. a real pie, but yeah. yeah, I don't know in the movie. I guess I can't think about there's it There's judges much, yeah. that like have to like, they will look at it and be like, yeah, he's done. Get I meant to look up like on YouTube what a, like a real mm-hmm. pie eating contest looks like because yeah. you would think you'd have to like clean the tin. I mean, eat the right. whole pie. But he was just pounding through them and calling them done. And when there was still half a pie left in the tin, yeah, and it's his story, so it doesn't really matter. But. I, it's 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 funny because so let's let's break down the story he's telling. He you know he uses he uses everything that people know, 
right? So he uses the the mayor, right? He's, you know, as he's telling his story, the mayor, he the 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 DJ guy, yeah, and uh, you know, he mentions those twins, which I imagine are like kids in his school that they just know, yeah, right? Which I thought was clever. So he's not like just did, creating did you have a story. Tw- did you have twins in your school? I did, yeah. Okay, I had twins in my school. Yeah, they're actually some of my good friends, or you know, were when we were growing up. We're still. Okay, the the name for the twins that we had, they were called the Moon Goons. The Moon Goons? <laughs> that was for real. Oh, wow. Two girls, twins, long blonde hair, and big noses. This is terrible. Oh. It's awful, but <laughs> but that we just everybody called them the Moon Goons. And whenever whenever one of them would walk into a classroom, there'd be this low moan that would happen across oh, the class. No. They'd be all Moon oh. Yeah, it was terrible. Jeez. That's that's for our those were our twins. Yeah, the moon goons. We didn't have a nickname for our no. our twins. Well, you probably liked them. Friends. You liked them, yeah. <laughs> yeah. And they were probably nice girls or anything. Yeah. It's terrible, but that's who they were. Yeah, the moon goons. That's great. But yeah, anyways, yeah. So I think he like he borrows from all these things that he knows, and so it leads me to like the last thing. The uh, Davy Hogan, like the the fat guy, right? That everyone yeah. makes fun of. That he's like an. He's an odd duck. He's not part of the crowd. And I think that he's drawing on his own experience, right? Even yeah. though Gordy's not fat, but there's a couple times in the whole movie where he, I think he asked Chris, like, am I odd? Am I strange? Am yeah. I different? What do you think of me? Like, I'm not like everybody else. And, and I think that he felt so alienated that, he, you know, he wishes he could somehow get revenge off of everyone who thinks he's strange. Mm-hmm. Interesting. I never thought about that. Yeah. Hmm. So, and there's, you know, just to skip ahead at the end, um, there's even the, a last scene where like his kids are, where he's the writer now mm-hmm. and he's finishing up the story and the kids say, Hey, oh, can you take us swimming now? And he says, uh, like he's spacing out. Right. And even the kid says, my dad gets weird when he's writing. But then he smiles about it, like, yeah, I'm weird. Like he almost like at that point he's accepted. Oh, okay. It. Yeah. 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 So but yeah, that 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 pipe and it's so disgusting. And I can remember seeing this movie for the first couple times. I think I saw it on television. And so they edited a lot of that part out. But it really is graphically gross. It's great. It's a great scene. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That's the benevolent brothers of elk. Yeah, the antelopes. Or antelopes? Because it's boa. Oh, that's right. The, the, bene- the benevolent order of the antelopes. Yeah. yeah. So that what's really going on, too, is they're, you know, they're sitting at a campfire. Right. And I think they have one of the most crazy, but the conversation they had, they're talking about a bunch of different things, but what they ask is, they're trying to figure out what is goofy. Have you ever wondered that? Yeah. 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 Mickey's a mouse. Mickey's a mouse. Donald's a duck. Pluto's a dog. Mm-hmm. What's, what is Goofy? What's Goofy? Yeah. Which you wouldn't think of it if there was no Pluto. Right, because right? you, you would be think, like, oh, well, yeah, yeah because it's a dog. Yeah, because does Mickey really look like a mouse? No. no. He's got his big head. and Well, he doesn't act like a mouse. He's got, yeah, he has a human body, right? Yeah. yeah. He's not going out looking for cheese. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Donald's a duck, although he does look more like a duck, but he is wearing clothes and a hat, right? Yeah. So Goofy should just be a big dog right. that walks around. But then you throw in Pluto, who is a dog, and then now you're like, well, if that's what a dog is in this universe, well, then what are you? You know, a wolf? I, I don't know. I think I remember it being like a geef. A geef was like... What? Geef. Like if you watch all the old goofy cartoons and stuff, like one of the characters was called Geef, and it was like it was like this weird man dog character person huh. thing. I don't know. It's weird. <laughs> he wears a hat and he drives a car. Can't be a He's dog. Can't be a dog. But why couldn't they just make Pluto a cat? And he's and then oh yeah, cats are cats. No, because because Goofy in certain episodes had had dogs. Yeah, he owned a dog. Goofy owned a dog. Yeah. Oh yeah, Bowser. There's a there's a cartoon with Goofy where he had a dog named Bowser who was carrying up a house. Huh? I didn't know that. All right, let's back up a little bit. Okay. There's a scene that we missed. Crossing the the ravine, the big 
the big bridge. Break the big bridge. Mm-hmm. Do you go around or do you cross? I would go. I'd cross. Okay, but I would cross, but I would start off fast. Like, yeah, let's get across now as fast as we can. And mm-hmm. if they did that, they would have been. Fine. You know what it is? It was Vern starts crawling. It's all Vern's fault. Why was he crawling? <laughs> actually, I know this answer because it was actually a deleted scene. Well, and, and I would figure it's super scary too. You know, I, honestly, I would probably crawl too. So they were all walking. Yeah. And in this deleted scene, uh, Teddy is like nonchalantly walking, and he there's a hole in the bridge, and he falls through the hole. Oh crap! And he's about to die, and then Chris brings him up, and then and then it shows Vern like freaking out, and then just like walking on the ground. So that's you know that would have been too scary. That yeah. bridge was in too good a shape too. It'll look like it was going to fall apart. Right. Yeah. So that was a deleted scene explains why Vern is like a moron crawling on the bridge. Wait, I just said that I'd be the guy that would crawl on the bridge. Oh, sorry. <laughs> I think of this Why can't you just walk normal? Because it, it's like one of those things you're like on this really high like cliff. There's like a cliff on either side of you and you, it freaks you out. You want to yeah. get you want to get your, your center of gravity low, a little more of a footing. Yeah. Freaky, man. But at the same time, I don't know. I would jump. I'd jump in the water. It didn't seem like it was that high. Like 40 feet. It'd still kill okay, you. Okay, yeah, but but if you were to, if, if that train was coming, you would jump. Oh, I'd jump before I yeah. got hit. Yeah. yeah. The whole time, Vern's one and only job is yeah. to bring the comb. The comb. The comb. And he loses it. <laughs> I do. I love how he like reaches for it, and he's like longing for it, like yeah, go. like oh. <laughs> and he he looks at Gordy with like all like depression in his eye, like I lost the coat. Gordy's like I don't care. Yeah, he had one job. He had one job. Well, that was his own job. It was his. Yeah. And again, going back to to Gordy's role, right? Like his job, he's the brains. Like he's the smart guy. And even in the beginning of that scene, you see him like. Touching the rail, like he's, yeah, is there vibration? Is there a train even close to coming? Okay, you had a train growing up near your house. Oh yeah, can you can you sense the train for real? Like yeah, oh yeah, like so, how yeah. far away? So growing up, because I because I've had train tracks too, and I've always like checked, and I can mm-hmm. never hear a thing. I'm like, oh, it's just fake. Well, I mean, you could definitely feel the vibration. So yeah, so when, growing up, I was probably 50, 50 yards from a from a train from my house to the train track. Okay. And when I first got there, there was nothing other than a couple houses. Uh, it got built up. So then like there's, you know, businesses now, but you could just walk to the train and we, we'd gotten all sorts of trouble. Like we throw rocks at trains. We would put the quarters on the train. And yeah. There's like these little waterways under the train where we'd be underneath the train as the train went over us. Oh, nice. Um, no, did you get like like freight trains or, or, freight or, train. or okay? Did you ever get like the the like the Amtrak like the so fast I can remember like flying down the track. Those yeah, are I, mean, scary. I can't remember what grade it was. I think it was like fourth grade where Amtrak finally was going to use that that track. Yeah, and it was Metrolink, not Amtrak. And they all came in and they're like, "There's rules now. You guys can't be playing on the tracks." And if you do, you can't throw rocks at trains because the the rock will bounce off the train like a bullet, even faster, and shoot you through the heart, and you would die. <laughs> and I can remember like me and my friends looking at each other like, we know that doesn't happen. No. So, um, but yeah. So, and then the cops were patrolling the train tracks yeah. a lot more after after, and that kind of put an end to our train fun. Were you ever like afraid of like derailing the train, like putting something too big no, on it? No, no. But they would say that. I, I never thought that. I mean, we never put anything big, but we would put like quarters and you know, coins and yeah, get smashed. Yeah, that, yeah that'd be all right. No, yeah. I, beyond that, we didn't do anything else. Yeah. Like, hey, let's put someone's bike in front of the train. Yeah. It'd be hilarious. Yeah. But yeah, it was a good. It was a good time. That's until, a good time. until Metrolink came and ruined it all. God, Metrolink. Yeah. yeah. But those boys, you know, eventually that train does come, and you know, at no point does Vern. It's funny because like his fear of heights was greater than his fear of being hit by a train. Because it, yeah. he did not get up, he kept crawling, and then eventually he just like I'm not gonna move. I'm just gonna sit here, right? It's weird how what what fear does to somebody. I guess it was a long way down though. I mean that was like yeah. yeah. 
But if a train was coming, you'd get up, right? Well, yeah, if it, yeah, if I, you know, yeah. felt that <laughs> thing breathing down my neck, and be no. Yeah, and that's another. Could, thing. could you have like? Could you like have turned around and jumped onto the train? I bet you. It could. did seem like it was going pretty slow, but no. If I it was an action so. movie, he could have just like stood in front of it and then like jumped and like grabbed onto the front. That, that's another. Just, you know, Will Wheaton, who plays Gordy, it, you know, him being behind Vern and him screaming like, you need to move. Just move. Good, good acting as yeah. a kid. Yeah. Was, like, you really good. like see the fear in him. Oh, yeah. You know, and then the, the whole tension of at what point do I like say, sorry, Vern, you're on your own. Jump you know, over versus, him and get ahead of him. Yeah. You know, versus him trying to help him to to clear the railroad track. Yeah. Um, yeah that's good. Good acting. That's good. So. All right, so as we're wrapping up, we're getting to the end of this film. You know, one of the most memorable scenes is the pond scene with the leeches. Leeches! Leeches, which, I don't know, have you ever had a leech on you? No. Neither. No. But, to be honest with you, that I was always terrified that if I was in, in some weird, strange body of water, I was going to get a leech. And I don't think they're in this area too much. Not like it was in that movie. No. But, um, anyway, so funny story about the making of the whole pond scene um that it was a man-made pond okay right for the movie because all the you know producers were like look there's some nastiness we don't want you guys to be in it so we don't know what could be in that pond so we're going to build you one in the middle of the woods well they built that in the beginning of the shooting and they for some reason they kept pushing back that date of the shooting of the pond so it was like months after the pond was installed with the water. By the time they got to film the scene, it was a bunch of nastiness in the pond already. Oh, yeah. So they were like, we still don't know what's in this thing. But they went for it anyways. Yeah, but you kind of know. And now it just yeah. has just, you know, plant stuff and dirt. Yeah. and Probably mosquito babies, larvae. Yeah. But, well, there could be an animal in it, too. Yeah. yeah. But no snakes. No snakes. There wouldn't have been a snake or anything. Yeah. yeah. Well, they had that traumatic experience with the leeches, and at some point, you know, you know, because of all the blood and where the leech was located, uh, Gordy passes out, and then they're deciding maybe we should quit, maybe we should just go home. And Gordy's like, "No, we're moving forward. We're we're not gonna stop." Almost like now he's on a mission, and they keep going to eventually they get to the part where it's a back Harlow Road, and they're like, "This is where the body's somewhere around here." And they look, and they find him. And there he is. Mm-hmm. And it almost as of like the minute they find the body, you can feel like this. That's when you realize this isn't an adventure movie anymore, right? Everything just all the fun and games gets sucked out of. Yeah, it's the too real now. now it's like, like, oh man, that's like a kid. He was our age. Our it could have been one of us. Right. Yeah. And almost as if like they see the gravity of the situation, and again, just brilliant writing. Where they said, there he is, and he's not sleeping, he's not sick, he's dead. You know, like, there's a difference. Like, something they've never seen before. And they just kind of take it in. Like, yeah. it was almost as if, okay, we, now what? And almost as if you get to this moment of now we've seen something that we're never going to unsee. Yeah. You know? Mm-hmm. Like, that's going to haunt them for the rest of their lives. And it's so they so then they're gonna craft a, a, a stretcher thing and try to bring him back, yeah. And then somebody shows up. Somebody shows up with his gang. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he has the same idea, right? We're gonna find the body. We're gonna be famous. Yeah, right. So so that idea is not one. You know, there's a big age difference between. The kids and Ace's yeah. gang. I think Ace's gang, they're all out of high school, probably. Yeah. And uh it's a small town, it's big news. Big news. Big news. They want to be right there. They yeah. want to be they want to be famous. And they have this confrontation. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and Teddy, I like how Teddy he actually does kind of stand up and like makes fun of him. Yeah. But uh yeah, Vern, as soon as Vern's brother shows up, Vern takes off. He's all, he's he's like, out. I'm out. Yeah. <laughs> Teddy hangs in there a little bit longer. And kind of makes fun of him. Yeah. Uh, but Chris is the one that stands his ground. He stands his ground. He's not going to put up, up with this anymore. Mm-hmm. And Gordy is like on a mission now. He's like, no. Yeah. No. But we don't see Gordy. 
we just see Chris. Right. Right. And Chris is the one, you know, with tears in his eyes, like, I'm not moving. We're not, we're not, you're not going to take him from us. Yeah. And he pulls a, he pulls a knife on him. Yeah. He's going to kill him. So do you think he would have killed him? I don't think Cause at not. some point, like even Chris's brother, who's another, you yeah, know, he was like, he's he was like, Hey, Ace, calm down. But he wouldn't have stopped him because he was so fearful of him. Yeah. You know, like, hey, let's not get carried away here. Yeah. I, I think he would have cut him. But not really killed him. But not killed him. Yeah. Or would have cut him to, like, prove a point. Yeah. But then maybe accidentally nicked an artery. Like, that's what Ace, that's what I gather from Ace, that he was so impulsive and would have done all these tough guy things. Yeah. Maybe not with the intent, but still probably would have done it. And yeah. And not, not realize, oh, crap. Yeah. And then started killing everybody else off as witnesses. <laughs> and then the gunshot. And then the gunshot. <laughs> Who's got the gun? Gordy. Gordy. From the only other guy who's fired a gun in the movie. So now he's a pro, right? Oh, yeah. Like, hey, I shot a trash can. He's got a, he's got a feel for the game. Don't yeah. think I won't shoot your face off. Yeah. 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 Pointing the gun at Ace. Best line in the movie. Best line in the movie, which is? And uh, Ace says, what are you going to do, LeChance? Are you going to shoot Oliver? Gordy says, no, Ace, just you. Great. That's great. As we see Ace's true colors in that moment. Yeah. 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 So he's, uh, oh, we'll get into this more because that's that's another fascinating thing is just like the difference between the, the two gangs. Yeah. Right. And um, and when, when it was, when Ace is kind of relying on the strength of his gangs to be like a force, but he's not willing to, to sacrifice himself, you know, for the gang. He's oh like, yeah, well, no, I'm no, out. yeah. There's no way. Yeah, yeah. I think Gordy would have. Would have I think too. so too. He would have too because he's he's like at this point in his life where mm-hmm. my parents hate me, my, my brother fi- died, my brother died. Yeah. You know, he he doesn't have any sort of vision for his future. You know, he's just a he's just a kid. And I'm not yeah. gonna lose because like you know, Ace had the knife to yeah. his purse. I'm not gonna lose the only other positive thing in my life right yeah. now. Yeah. So yeah. you best believe I'm going to shoot. Oh, no, he would have shot him. Yeah. Man, it, it, that's such a, it's good scene, good movie, that confrontation with Ace. And, and then at that point, Gordy just says, no one's taking him. No one's taking him. It was great. Yeah. Yeah. Because now he gets it. Like, this isn't about being heroes. This isn't about, you know, which gang gets him and gets the notori- notoriety. It's just, this is a kid who died. And we're going to honor him. We're just going to call him the authorities. And yep. They're going to take it from there. So. Then they walk home. It says that they walked through the night to get home just uh, before five o'clock on a Sunday morning. Yep. The day before Labor Day. Yep. And I like that because it's pointing a picture of what's happening next. They're all, they, throughout the whole movie, they've been talking about going into junior high. The elementary school age is done. Yeah. Almost as if like this was like their, they're coming. Well, it is a coming of age story, but like now they're men, right? They, they went into the woods as boys. Now they're coming back as men, and uh, they have that moment where they're saying goodbye to each other and not knowing like this is kind of the best. This was it for them. Like they weren't ever going to have another moment like they had that day, that weekend before Labor Day. Yeah, they're splitting up. Junior high. Next, yeah, the next level in their life. Yeah. Which, okay, so like I said, I watched this movie as a kid. I loved it. Now seeing it as an adult, I see it so much differently. And seeing that scene breaks my heart because it's like they were so close. They had these friends and that was it. And I, I, I look back at my own childhood friends and how like there was a moment that we were all together and not knowing that that was going to be our last moment because we took it for granted. Yeah, but, but I mean that's for granted. It's just how it is. You know, yeah. you kids, you don't think you don't think beyond that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And you think you're always going to be together, but the sad the sad line in the movie is like at some point Teddy and Vern just became other faces in the hall. Yep. And so sad, you yeah. know. But him and Chris stayed friends. And uh and that's how the the movie ends with the writer kind of remembering Chris and and you know, he talks about or he writes that um, I never had any friends like I did back when I was this age, but then whoever does. Right. Yeah. And even though he hadn't seen Chris in 10 years, he would still miss him. 
And I think that's so true. Like I think about my childhood friends and some of them I still talk to. Some of them I, you know, talk to every once in a while, but I would still miss them, you know, because yeah. there was a point in all our lives that we spent together that, you know, is so poignant, you know, that we'll always remember. Yeah. So. You got some deep insight into this movie? Oh, man. So what's the deeper, the deeper themes in this movie? And I think this is why I love this movie so much and why that it, it spoke to me in two different periods of my life and why I think that God pushes community so much, you know, that no one was, no one's supposed to be living this life alone. No one's, you know, even just life in general, you shouldn't be alone, but as Christians doing this Christian walk, you're not supposed to be doing this alone, that you need to rely heavily on community, on the right community. Mm Mm-hmm. You know, um, I, I think throughout the whole story is, you know, Gordy, he loses his brother. He loses that positive influence in his life, but he finds it in Chris. Now, when I say right community, a lot of times throughout the movie, like it gets point out that like Gordy, you shouldn't be hanging around with these guys. Right. <laughs> right. Yeah. These are bad guys. Yeah. Um, you know, some of them are idiots. Some of them are criminals. Uh, whatever, but they're bringing you down and Gordy fights that like, no, these are, these are my brothers. These are my guys. Yeah. And I think that they all made each other better. Mm -hmm. Right. So Chris was the criminal. And I was talking to you earlier that I think that Chris needed Gordy in his life because if Gordy wasn't in Chris's life, Chris would have been the next ace. Yeah. Yeah. He would have been that criminal that, you know, where everyone's told him who he was his whole life. You're nothing but, a, you know, you stole the milk money, you're bad. But because of that, that community that they had with each other, Chris was able to avoid being that ace. So community is so important, you know, mm-hmm. with the gospel. And, you know, I think back to just, you know, knowing, having people, you know, in the movie, it's you're having support. Like all these guys supported each other in everything that they were doing us as Christians, it's important to have people in our lives that will pray for you. And I'm not talking about like, Oh, I'll pray for you. Like the person that will like, will hear you out mm-hmm. and not try to fix your problems and not try to be there and be like, well, you should just do this. But just a person that says, I'm going to stand, like stand by me, yeah. stand by you and pray for you. Mm-hmm. And, and that's a huge deal. And when I l- think about my own kids and their friendship, that's kind of like the bottom line, what I'm looking for. Like even when my, for my kids, future spouses, just get somebody that's going to pray for you. That will, that will not, you know, um, superficially pray for you, but like will be there for you. Right. And pray for you and stand with you mm-hmm. and walk you through these things. Yeah. And so I think this, this movie does a good, and actually an amazing job at pointing out that theme and that idea of like, I'm not here to fix your problems. I'm not here to, you know, correct anything. I'm just going to stand with you. And I think that the, the, the title of this movie was perfect. Stand by me. Yeah. You know, cause they all kind of just deal with their own like little issues and they all have their moments where they're crying and like, they weren't being made fun of mm-hmm. you're like, Oh, you're being a wuss. You're such a sissy. Look at this cry baby. Like, no, they like, we understand and we're going to stand with you. Right. So that's good. So good. Good stuff. Yeah. All right, Jim, let's go to battle. Let's go to battle. It's on. It's It's time to rumble. Trivia. It's time to rumble. Hey, calm down. It's a comb. It's a comb. (laughs) It's a comb. It's a comb. All right. All right, let's do this. Let's do this. All, All right. right, Jim, you took Nacho Libre, so you won that one. Congratulations. Uh, it's not going to go that way today for you because uh, I feel like I got some really good questions. Oh, really? Yeah. Oh, really? So um, since you won Nacho Libre, uh, mm-hmm. you can decide who goes first and uh, who goes last. Mm. Mm. Do you want to go I, first? I, I have a feeling first? my questions are kind of easy on this one, but why don't you go first? All right. Go ahead. All right, here's here's one right out the gate. All right. How old was Gordy when he saw his the dead body? How old was Gordy when mm-hmm. he saw the dead body? Twelve. 
Yeah. Was that a guess? Did you no, guess on that? No, I just recall something in the movie in the, about. It's like about I think it's them. one of the very first lines of the movie. I think yeah, they talk yeah, about their age and they're yeah, going. I was on twelve years old. Twelve years the old. First time I saw a dead body. Yeah. Or when I saw. Yeah. Yeah. I almost said eleven, but I, <sighs> I I thought it was like pre. It was definitely that pre-teen thing. That was a good question. I thought that was going to be the one that stumped you. All that right. That's pretty good. Good. All right. Uh, well, let's see. What should I hit you with? Uh, easy one. I'm gonna go with an easy one to start okay. off. Okay. All right. Ray Brower. Mm. You know what's well, you know what's funny is that I, when I watch the credits after the movie, I'm like, I wonder if that kid got a credit. He did. I, he I did, did get I a saw credit. The same thing. Yeah. Yeah. The kid that laid there mm. dead. Yeah. Got a credit. Got a credit. Okay. And so then I, you know, I looked him up online too. Oh, what's this guy doing? Yeah. Blah, blah, blah. And then they got a picture of him in the movie as a dead <laughs> kid. Okay. So. Which is good because they didn't use like a fake body, right? Yeah. It's good. Okay, like, no, we're so, going to get a real body. So yeah. do you think that that actor ever like for Halloween, like just. Was I'm Ray Bauer. I'm Ray Bauer. Because that would have been really cool, right? <laughs> that would be good. Yeah. Okay. All right. Ray Bauer. Okay. So train hits him. Mm-hmm. Which is a little bit of thing like, how did he get hit by a train? Yeah, it's a whole different. That's a whole another conversation, yeah. right? Okay. All right, train hits him, sends him flying, knocks off his shoes. He got hit so hard. What were the brand of his shoes? Kids, kids. Oh, God, see, I knew you were gonna get yeah. that. Kids. Yeah. Knocked him out of his kids. Like yeah. the, the as like the train knocked the life out, out of his, his body. body. Yeah. Okay, that was too easy. All right. Yeah. All right. All right. Here's another hard one. What was the name of Ace's gang? It wasn't the Aces. It was the Cobras. Oh my gosh! All right, that was an easy one. Yeah, yeah, because they were car- they were carving the. Because they never say it. They never say, "Hey, we're the Cobras." You yeah, just, but he's carving with them. tattoos. Yeah, in the in, okay, all right, the, okay. There, there's that scene right where they're. I'm thinking we're just some in some somebody's house, a field outside of a house. It wasn't okay. a junkyard, right? No, two no. cars in there. Late sixties and early seventies Volkswagen bug, dude. Oh, wow. It was supposed to be nineteen fifty nine. Oh wow, I didn't notice that. I did. Oh, of course you did. Right away, right. I'm like, no, I don't know what you guys are doing. You thought nobody would notice. I did. But that's a I late sixties Volkswagen bug yeah. and a Baja bug to boot, right? Yeah. And then there was a convertible, yeah. early seventies. Yeah. Well, like, you should send an angry worded email to Rob Reiner and let him know. Like, come on. Come on, dude. Yeah. It's old. It's rusty. Nobody will know. All right. Which question? Oh, I know. Okay. So um, let's see. Do, 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 do. The gang, uh, Ace and the gang are racing down the road playing mailbox mm-hmm. baseball. What song is playing on the radio? Great that they ball, scored the seat. Great C- Balls of Fire. What do you mean? Let me finish. Yeah, you knew it right away. All right. Jerry Lee Lewis. Jerry Lee Lewis. Great Balls of Fire. Right. Which wow. scored that scene? Yeah, I'm telling you, it was great. That was good. Right. Yeah, that was a good song for that scene. Good song for that scene. Wow. Okay. So we so none of us have points yet. We're two questions in. Mm-hmm. I got my final question. Mm-hmm. We might have to go to the DeLorean to get our to to figure this out. All right. Here's my final question. All right. This is a hard one. Wait. Do I get one more after this? Yeah. Okay. Good. Yeah. Good. Okay. This is my final question. Okay, this is your first. final question. Okay. All right. So when they're talking about the, the campfire and they're talking about all their random stuff. Gordy says, I knew that the $64,000 question was rigged because why? Because nobody could have known that much about baseball? No, about something. I got a point. It's opera. Opera. Okay. Yeah, all right. On the board. On the board. All right. All right. This is my final question. Mm-hmm. Very beginning of the movie. Mm-hmm. Gordy walks into the corner store. He had been a drugstore. Uh-huh. Picks up a magazine. What magazine? It was... It was a sci-fi magazine. It was not. <laughs> True police crime. True police crime. Dang it. All right. Well, we're tied. Looks like we're going to the DeLorean. The bonus we're question. We're going to the DeLorean for the bonus question. Yeah. All right, right, here we go. Read it. When the gang is in their clubhouse, they start singing a song to tease Vern. What is Teddy holding uh, to pretend it was a microphone? I know this answer. 
It was a comb. No, it wasn't a comb. They were smoking cigarettes, playing cards. He's holding something, pretending it's a yes, microphone. Yeah, I, I do can, remember I him. Can picture yeah. him doing this. It wasn't a comb. Ah, uh, it it was a candy ball. Now, what would they have in a what would they have in a clubhouse? Yeah, well, we don't know oh, it. Don't know. It was a railroad spike. It was a railroad spike. Oh wow. Well, it really plays into the whole theme of the movie, doesn't it? Wow. All right. Well, I think we're going to tie this one, unless you got another question. I don't have another question. I do, but if you don't, I don't. I don't Just know. curious. Would you have known? And I'm I'm surprised. I thought you were going to ask me this. Would you have known how long Brent was looking for his pennies? I know it was at the beginning of the school year is when he... Mm-hmm. Six months. No, it was nine months. Nine months, man. It was man. nine months, man. Nine He's months, man. Laugh or cry. Yeah. Dang, I should ask that question. Uh-huh. All right. Well, we're tied. We're tied. We're we're gonna just we're gonna take this one. That was a good one. We both we'll both take it. Mm-hmm. So stand by me. All right. So Jim, how would you rank this movie? What's what's your All right. Filled out the form. My own personal scoring system. Very scientific. Yeah. It is scientific. Mm-hmm. This movie comes in at an 8.2. 8.2? 8.2. Wow. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Uh, for me, oh, man, it, it, it should be in the nines, but it's going to be just below it. And I, could, I can't give you a reason why. I don't know. Maybe because I don't watch it a lot because it is it is a drama and it is, you know, I don't, I don't know. No, I'm going to I'm going to do it. It it's a 9. I'm going to give it a 9. Oh, wow, okay. Because I think to me everything works with this film. I mean, other than now I know that there's vehicles and, you know, being used that wasn't in the time period. Oh, well, that's what blew it for me. No, <laughs> Maybe I should not blew bring it down me, a but notch, but nah. but everything works for me. I mean, the acting, the story, like I said, you know, Richard Dreyfuss being the writer uh, writing the story and just like the little lines, the little things about it that make it so personal. Like even when he says, like I, when he sees the deer in the morning after the camp mm-hmm. and he goes, I never told no one about it. And I never wrote about it until this, this moment. Yeah. There's a lot of things we didn't talk about. Cause yeah. it's just, it's just, just so but, good. Yeah. So, I mean, yeah, you know, we can't obviously cover everything, but you know, obviously, you know, it might have a more language in it for for some people to to like. Yeah, that uh, kind of lowered the score mattered. for me a little bit. Yeah. <laughs> the subject matter is is it's a drama, so mm-hmm. it is hard. But yeah. but I think everyone should see this movie. Everyone should mm-hmm. should see. It. It's definitely a movie that you gotta see. So you gotta see. Hands down. Yeah, I'm gonna I'm gonna stick with my nine. It's it's a nine for me. So, all right. Well, that wraps it up, man. Stand by me. Mm-hmm. Great film. So, again, if you liked this, then please consider giving us a like and a sub- subscription. And uh, we appreciate your time. So, uh, thanks. 